Hi, and welcome to the Creative Noggin Podcast. I'm Heather Rosenquist, and today I'm with Creative Noggin CEO Tracy Marlowe, and we're going to talk a little bit about brand and why some people think the brand is just a logo and why that's incorrect. Tracy, do you want to give us some insight? Sure, Heather. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah, it's funny because I'm the one who takes a lot of our uh, new business calls. When people give us a call and are interested in doing some work with us, um, I'm the one who fields those and starts sort of unearthing what it is that the client really needs. Um, And I get a lot of calls for people who are wanting a brand or wanting a rebrand. And so that, that word is a common phrase, you know, we want a brand and, you know, we'd love to have one. And so it's really my job to ask a lot of questions to sort of figure out when they say brand, mm-hmm. what do they really mean? Um, and usually I would say maybe even like 80 to 90% of the time when somebody says, oh, we need a brand or we need a rebrand, once I start unearthing that, what it really tends to be is they want a logo. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, some of them do understand that a brand also involves typography or their fonts and uh, a color palette. But typically, that's where that whole brand discussion ends. In their mind, their brand is basically a logo and maybe some fonts and colors. Um, And gosh, a brand is just so much more than that. Right. Um, And it's funny because I think if you go around and start looking at different agency websites, and lots of them talk about branding, um, but you'll find that different agencies approach branding in very different ways. Um, and there's different kinds of agencies, honestly. There are agencies that are what we call graphic design studios. And a graphic design studio is very focused on visual identity. Um, a lot of them will call themselves branding agencies. But if you start looking at the work, you will see that when they talk about brand, the brand is the logo, the colors, the fonts, and then the logo applied to many different things. Um But the visual identity is really the very end result of a branding exercise. There's just so much more that is involved in the development um, and building of a brand. Uh, We really believe at Creative Noggin um, that a brand should be an authentic reflection of what an organization's inner workings truly are. Um, We feel that it's very important that you brand from the inside out. You can't just get started on the visual part until we figure out what's really on the inside. Um, And so when we interact with a client and we start engaging with them, when we put together the proposal for the branding, uh, nine times out of 10, unless they've already conducted research, the very first step that we do is we conduct research to do really a deep dive into the inner workings of an organization to really figure out who they truly, truly are on the inside. And we can't just talk to the executive team. I have had times where I will sit down during that those initial discussions with an organization and meet with some of the upper executives or even the CEO, and they'll tell me, we don't need to conduct research. I know who we are. Mm-hmm. And they'll be you know, hell-bent on the fact that they know who they are, and this is who we are, and I can tell you who we are. You don't need to talk to anybody else. But the truth is, uh, the brand needs to be top to bottom and inside and out. So when we start doing those types of explorations, we want to talk to the executive team. 
But we also want to talk to the managerial level. We want to talk to lower level people. We want to talk to people in your sales department. We want to talk to your customers. We want to understand, you know, who are all, what are all of the different people that experience your organization from different levels? What are they all saying about you? And it's interesting because generally once you start talking to all those people, there will be a common thread. What we do is we talk with them and we try to figure out, okay, what are your core differentiators? What is it that sets your organization apart from all of the competitors in your industry and sector? What's that one thing that makes you different from other organizations? And I can promise you, this is not your product or service. A lot mm-hmm. of times people want to talk, as soon as you start talking about what are, what are your differentiators, they start listing off, well, our customer service or, um, oh, our product is faster than anybody else's. And, you know, while those are things that definitely are features of your product or service, that is not your brand. Uh, your brand is an emotion. Your brand is your essence. It's what it is that is evocative about you that makes people, when they step away from you, how do they feel? It's very intangible. And no other company should have it. Customer right. service, people can replicate. You can't say that customer service is your brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that anybody can do. And if you're in healthcare, you can't say that caring is what you do. Because that's something that people come to the table and they expect that. It's just... It's like a point of entry. It is a point of entry. You can't say that we care and nobody else cares because people expect if they're engaging with the healthcare industry that those people should care. Why else are they in the healthcare industry? Right. You have to have something different about your about your brand. Um, and it should also reflect what your company stands for. What are the values of your company? What is the feeling that I should have when I'm interacting with your company or your product or your service? It should also be something that's scalable. So it should be something that no matter how large your company becomes, it is still exactly the same experience and the same feeling. For example, okay, let's just name Nike for an example. Okay, they sell shoes, but their brand has nothing to do about shoes. Mm-hmm. It's They don't talk about the comfort of the shoes or how sturdy the shoes are or how well the shoes hold up or how well the shoes breathe, all those different things that are basically... Those are expected things of your of your product. Those are no brainers, right? <laughs> but the brand, their brand, is actually about going all the way, aspiring to be unstoppable. It's a feeling. It's just do it is their tagline. And it's funny because you may look at the people that buy Nike shoes, and they don't look like the people in the commercials, just like Victoria's Secret. We don't, you know, look like sure. those Victoria's Secret models, but it's an aspirational brand. It's about what do you, how do you feel when you're using that product? How do you, what do you wish that you could be? So mm-hmm. those are very aspirational brands. Or another example that's not as aspirational, but is FedEx, okay? It's a brand that's, it's not just about getting your package somewhere fast. Anyone can do that in this day and age. It's about trust and safety with your most important business or personal items. It's knowing that you can get it there tomorrow and that you have the best odds of getting it there tomorrow with a company that you trust. And if you think about it, if you're something that you need to get somewhere tomorrow, the first company that typically will come to mind for most people is FedEx. Even though they are the most expensive, 
people be, you know, believe that FedEx is the one that if something is the most important, you'll pay the money to make sure that you get it there safely. Because yeah, that's absolutely. What FedEx stands for. Mm-hmm. So that's a feeling. That's not a feature of your product or service. And I could go on and on with hundreds and hundreds of examples, but I think you pretty much get it. Uh, those key attributes of your brand are what becomes your brand platform. So once we've sort of unearthed that through all of the research that we conduct, uh, we present those findings to an organization to ensure that we're all in agreement on the brand platform. And I will tell you that honestly, I've never once had an organization feel like we did not hit it spot on. I have had some, in fact, that have, when I propose at the beginning that in order to do branding for them, we're going to have to do research, that literally have, like, really had that be a sticking point. Mm -hmm. And I've had to really encourage them to undertake the research component. And I have, you know, pushed them to conduct it. And honestly, I've never once had one not at the end say, I am so grateful to you for making us do that and undertake that exercise because it's sort of affirming basically a lot of times, but sometimes it helps them to put into words something that they felt all along, but they never really knew how to express it. And what happens a lot of times is the plan is, part of our plan is to to put together the research and really focus on developing the brand, uh, focusing more externally so that we're branding Um, you know, doing advertising, website, all of those things. But generally what happens is we present those findings and they do a pivot and they say, oh my gosh, this is so important and so incredible. We want to present this to our internal workings first. And so generally what happens is we will, before we launch their external advertising and branding, all the customer touch points, we really will do some sort of an inner uh, inner launch so that we can present to all of their inner stakeholders st- stakeholders first uh, because they realize how uplifting that can be for morale and also just hearing that true brand put into words will all, oftentimes express an emotion that everybody's been having and it's very unifying. Sure, and that's a mistake I think that some companies can make where if they don't do that internal rally and internal presentation to get everyone on on the same page, then it's a disconnect when the internal employees and the internal team sees the brand that's been launched. You know, if they if they haven't rallied around it, then it may not resonate. Um, in the same way, then if you do have your team that believes in the brand and believes in what it stands for, they're going to be the ambassadors that also help to spread the word. And so getting internal team buy-in and sign-off is, you know, critically important, like you said. I completely agree. I can't, I can't agree more. One of the things that we do a lot of times is we will actually ha- present and create events so that we can do sort of like town halls or, you know, different types of events so that we can actually uh, prepare the staff for the launch of the brand, tell them what's going to be hitting the marketplace, and then really articulate to them what are the key elements of their Mm -hmm. brand platform and helping them to better understand, number one, to arm them with talking points. So if somebody starts asking about it, you know, what is this new logo? What does this all mean? So that everybody's saying the same thing. And Um, we find that that's really helpful and it really does help the staff to feel better prepared. Plus they feel in the know. I think people hate to be scooped in a way so that their organization is putting all this messaging out and they don't, 
right. know anything about it, and especially if it's something that's a big change from what they've seen in the past. So it, it's really helpful to have everybody speaking in the same voice. Mm-hmm. So once we have you know established that brand platform and we are all in agreement in terms of what the company stands for, what are your core differentiators, you know, how are we going to articulate that? So we start really developing the external expression of that brand. And so one of the things that, you know, before we even start talking about a logo, we start talking about what's the voice of your brand. And that is, you know, what is the personality? What are the emotions that that voice should convey? What should I feel when I hear that voice? And what words do you and don't you use? So you start talking about, you know, really, what is that persona and how do we speak? And then another thing that is also that folds into the voice is what are the brand values? What Mm -hmm. is it that your company stands for? And, you know, what is it that you believe in that you won't shy away from? The things that are the real core values that your brand stands for. Another important asset of your brand identity is the brand promise. And basically your brand promise is that experience that as a consumer of your brand, I should experience that every single time that I come and interact with your brand. It should be completely consistent. It should never vary. And it is that experience that I should have uh, consistently every time. Um, And it's why people continue to come back as for the brand promise. Once we've identified what all of those different aspects of your brand platform are, then we also start to build upon that with your visual identity. Okay, finally, people, this is where you get your logo. Yay! <laughs> a logo is so is important, but at the same time, I, it's such a small piece of your brand. And it's funny, I've had people come to me wanting a rebrand, and I, they're sometimes disappointed when I say, you know, your logo is really not that bad. We could live with that logo, uh-huh. or we just need to fix the colors or just slightly change the font. And they are like, wait, no, we need more. And it's funny because there's so much more to a brand that once they realize all the other aspects surrounding it, and that as long as everything else is really strong, nobody's doing business with Hewlett Packard because they've got a badass logo. Right, you know, there for are sure. So many different things. I mean, same thing with Apple or any different, mm-hmm. you know, any brand really. It has the logo is such a small part of it. You can have a very basic, basic logo. But as long as the identity that surrounds it is really strong, I will say, I mean, there are definitely logos where I see it and I'm like, okay, we need to redo that logo because it can be a hindrance or a hurt for you too. Of course. But a simple logo is typically, you know, it's fine. It's just everything else that surrounds it. Um, And then obviously part of that visual identity is going to be the colors or the color Like sometimes people want to really truly own a color in your sector. Like for instance, UPS, Mm -hmm. they own brown. I know it's funny because nobody would think, oh, brown, I really would own brown. But if you do a really good job of it, you can strongly own, seriously own a color. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at Target. You see any type of retail advertising that shows red in it. You don't even have to know before you, they even get to the logo part at the end. You know, it's Target. Uh, and then the fonts as well, you know, your typography and how you utilize font. That can also be 
a really strong part of your brand. It's funny because there's some fonts that are very corporate and yet other fonts that are very traditional and then some that are more modern. Font is very important, your font choices, and you have to stay very consistent with your font choices. At the same time, you have to make sure you're not doing a font soup where you have like 10 different of fonts course. and you're you know, mixing it all up. Mm-hmm. You do want to stay very consistent with your fonts. And then there's also graphic elements because I've had people come to me and they're like, well, we don't want graphic elements. And you realize that, you know, it's helpful to have graphic elements to sort of unify your brand. Uh, You can keep them very simplistic, but sometimes just a very simple, subtle graphic element will help people to uh, visually identify your brand, even if it's very uh, subconscious. Mm -hmm. And then there's that that overall look and feel and the articulation of your brand and how it all comes together. Again, I kind of go back to Target. Target has almost sort of a whimsical feel with their brand. Like they have different music they will use, Mm -hmm. but it's always sort of that same upbeat, quick beat, uh, fun, kind of lively type of a brand. You never see anything dramatic or serious with Target. Uh, and it's usually kind of hip and cool. Mm-hmm. So there's, it's interesting, but then, you know, different companies within their same sector go a completely different route, like Walmart. Sure. So there's, it's interesting how you can very differently articulate your brand. And like I mentioned, audio is another piece of it as I, you know, sort of segue into that. Uh, if you plan to leverage broadcast radio or video, you will also consider uh, key audio sounds that can help to support and portray your brand. Uh, such as a music type or maybe even a mnemonic. And that's something that typically will be used in audio mnemonic, and it can be just a simple little ding, 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 or whatever, just something very simple that's used at the beginning or end of your videos or radio spots or whatnot that consistently, you know, with consistent use and advertising, that sound becomes almost the cue, the right. sound cue, so that people start tying it to, to your brand. It's kind like, of interesting. Like H-E-B's uh, chug-a-beeps at the end mm-hmm. of, of their spot. And it's different from a you know a jingle. Mm-hmm. Um, people used to do jingles at the end. Um, but yeah, just something, it's, it's pretty fascinating how just a couple of notes mm-hmm. will indicate exactly who the brand is or a couple mm-hmm. of sound effects. So well, my favorite one, honestly, is Coca-Cola. That's that sound when you hear this opening of a Coca-Cola oh, can. Yeah. And it's funny because they own that sound. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could, if you took that and they've used it so much in their advertising and so often for so many like decades, you could probably test people and just play that sound and ask you know, a hundred people. Okay. When you hear the sound, what's the first thing you hear? Right. Absolutely. And they're all going to say, I mean, I would say 90% if they're of a certain age, at least will mm-hmm. say Coca-Cola. Sure. I mean, that is the first brand that will come to mind. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's just the sound of a Coke uh-huh. opening, which that's pretty amazing. There's no music or what whatsoever. Right. Uh, and it's just amazing how really all of these different elements, visual, audio, voice, all of these things can come together and create a truly unforgettable brand. Uh, it creates that loyalty, that sense of that promise, that feeling, that emotion. Uh, so really, I mean, oftentimes the logo is one of the least important parts of a brand, mm-hmm. truly. But yet it's funny that so many people, when they think brand, that's the first thing that comes to mind. So if you're considering undergoing a branding or rebranding process for your company or organization, please realize, one, 
that you likely already have a brand essence. Mm -hmm. Most companies do, but you may not know yet how to articulate that in a way that's going to resonate truly with your target audience. And that's why it helps sometimes to hire experts to help you. Uh, I've seen companies that try to create their own brand and, um, you know, oftentimes they'll think, oh, I, can, I just can buy a logo online or I can, you know, create something in Publisher or whatnot. And if, if, if that's what you need to do, do it. But if you really truly need an articulation of your brand and you need something that's emotionally and evocatively going to resonate with your target audience uh, and be unforgettable, then it's probably a good idea to find an agency that can help you with that process and that can help you to unearth what those key brand elements are and help you bring them to life. Great. Thanks so much, Tracy. Once again, that was our CEO, Tracy Marlowe, talking about the importance of your brand and why logos are just the beginning. This is Heather Rosenquist. Thanks again for listening to the Creative Noggin Podcast. See you next time.